Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Welcome to the self-proclaimed second best podcast of the A7FL. This is the other side of the ball. I am the host of this show, KC Cox. Alongside me, as always, my two co-hosts joining me for the joy of ride. It is Double D Derek Duncan, minor league football Hall of Famer and division owner of Vegas, Nevada. And Chris Vera, the now division manager of Vegas. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Almost as good as you. Yeah, maybe even just a little better. Ooh, look at Chris. And, flying, and then our very, high. our very <laughs> special guest tonight on the podcast with us. He is four-time arena football champion as a coach. He is the coach of the Las Vegas Pit Bosses. It is Coach Anthony Bartley. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm good, except for Casey sold you short, bro. Right? <laughs> You've I got mean, three time minor league Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, right. He, he, he gave me the mention at all. Right. He meant he made me a minor league Hall of Famer. He didn't even mention that you're a three time minor league Hall of Famer and that you are GM owner and coach of the Silver State Lynx. Like, I was leaving that for him to. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> so, okay. hey, you, want, you want to get corrected? I mean, you know, I'm just curious. Right. <laughs> We're just messing with you, Casey. Coach, wonderful to have you on the show, my man. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. Thanks, same, same, same here. And so, gentlemen, to get this show started tonight, um, kind of an interesting, interesting situation we get into as we move towards the playoffs. We actually have the Hunters sitting at an undefeated record and first place right now going into the playoffs. Um, not sure how many of us would have expected that when we were talking preseason. I'm not sure any of us predicted that. Um, Zero. So, well, I take that back. I got the CVS receipts that said how things should be, and I know at least one of us had the hunters at number two. Hold on, let me take a look at that because I also have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was kind uh, of the first just thing in I case is that Derek is going to say something. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know who, but somebody may have had them very, very close to the top. <laughs> Not over the top, and, but close. To and that top. was kind of where I just kind of wanted to start things off was dig into that a little bit because I think that was kind of a big unexpected because we weren't real sure what we had with the hunters coming in. Um, they weren't really a well-formed team until just weeks before we moved into the season, so we didn't know what to expect from them. And seeing how they've come together, I know I'm impressed with them. Um, and I think that they're going to be one of the top tier teams moving into the spring. Well, well, well. <laughs> I found my list, Chris. <laughs> I'm looking at this. And I, Casey, I, I, got, I see. So, Casey, I, I got to be completely honest. Two. 
I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> I was looking for this damn list. So uh, if you were waiting for me to respond to something or there's something valuable you said in there, can you please repeat it? Because I was searching for this thing and I'm I'm in one dimensional mode right now. Uh, I said, I said, I don't think any of us really expected it, but I would say that looking forward and looking at what they've done, I would see them being a top tier team, even in the spring season now. Yeah, I don't know how you if deny them at this point. Have. Like, uh, when you look at them on film, when you look at them, when they play, they don't look dominating. So it's hard to kind of give them their flowers. I mean, obviously we have to at 4-0 and and they're putting stuff together. And you, you got to give a nod to their defense, which we don't even talk about on this show. It, it's crazy how good they are in the game, but nothing pops except for really Kono's play for me. And I, I, well, I take that back with PZ coming back this last week with uh, interception and a fumble recovery. Obviously, yes. <laughs> the defense has gotten even better with him coming yeah. back. But, and that's but, the thing. They just keep, they have pieces now coming back and they have, pieces that we haven't even really seen that are going to be coming in and playing a big role. Um, I, I think they just get better and better from here. All right. So here's what's funny. So our guests that were on the show, Daniel Packer and uh, who else was it? And Savion both had the hunters at second place of our crew. KC had them in fourth. I had them in third Chris didn't mention the motherfuckers at all. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? Because I'm, I'm looking at the same receipts you're looking at, and I see that I mentioned them in second place. Oh, I got Pit Bosses, Gold, OTT, Insomniacs for you. Uh, no, I had them in second. Okay, so I'm looking that, at it, I'll send it over you must be. You. I think you must be looking at the Jamboree predictions, not the fall predictions. Yeah, you know what? Hey. I don't have it listed there, so I, I can't <laughs> argue with you on that one, unfortunately. There you go. There you go. All right. Anyway, so now now that we've that's the first time we got to check our receipts. How cool is it? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> shout Good out to, to the show. shout out to the three on one podcast that came up with the CVS receipts as the way we keep track of things. So uh, those guys are doing a good job over there. They had uh, Denzel, the Boston owner, on uh, with, for an interview here recently. I was just starting to listen to it before I came on this one. So. Not a lot of feedback for it yet, but uh, go out and check. Go out and check on the Three on One podcast on, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, sorry, sorry, Casey. Back to the conversation. Yeah. Um. I want to know kind of what your guys is. Well, Derek, you kind of gave your thoughts, but um, Chris and Bartley, even from a coach perspective, what are your guys' thoughts on what you've seen out of the Hunters and how have they impressed you or you know, where are you at with that? Bartley, you are the guest. I will let you go first, sir. Well, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not impressed at all by anything. You know, my biggest issue is guys, like for my guys, they've got to understand that, you know, when you get hit with adversity, you know, you got to know how to, to take it head on. And when I preach to these guys about playing the game the way it should be played, you know, that's just that, you know, and it shows, you know, but everything, you know, the things that the hunters do, like you said, it, it, it doesn't impress because it's, it was just basic football. 
that in itself is impressive for me. That's kind of what I was driving at when I was saying what I was saying earlier. Like, there's not much that pops off the page, but they're, I mean, they're the Tim Duncan of football right now. Like, quietly giving you 30 and 10 every night, and you, have, you never even noticed. Like, I, I, I just, it, the fundamentals are, are sound. It looks good, but it doesn't look dominating or it doesn't look flashy. And honestly, I think how they're winning is with that fundamental, with those fundamentals, and people overlooking how fundamentally sound they are because they don't have the splash. Cause I know I'm doing it and I got to imagine that other people are having a similar reaction to it that I am, but at four and having beat some of the elite players or teams and players in our league already, you have to stand up and take notice. Like, are they, you know, the, the who's the, so you like the Denver Broncos line back six years, six years ago and forever before that you always knew you put anybody back there they had a chance of rushing out a thousand yards because the fundamentals were amazing with the blocking on that line and it didn't ever look flashy right that's kind of what the hunters are giving you well i'm gonna go a different direction all right i would say that um the biggest thing about the hunters that i see um i'm leaning a little bit towards Bartley's way where I'm not really, there's nothing that really impresses me about them right now. They're that you can see that they're really good and this is going to sound bad and I don't want it to because they're really good at doing it, but they're very, very good at playing backyard football. And when you have seen enough of them and understand what it is they're trying to do to you, it is defensible. <laughs> and I think that, um, non-coach Bartley the way I do and it, ha- it isn't you know look we haven't sat down and had a drink and talked about football but I've seen what you're able to do with the squad and I will tell I, I will say it out loud I think that the next game you guys play them it's going to be a different outcome just saying well there you I, have it you know, I expect it to be a different outcome because you know as these guys are learning, you know, on, on the job training, you know, because a lot of these guys have never played for me before. So they're, they're basically getting on the job training and what they have to get out of, out of that, that old Vegas semi-pro mentality. And unfortunately that's what a lot is, is, is translating, you know, I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to uh, try to do, you know, do whatever I think I can do because, I've seen it on TV, so I'm going to try it too. You know, once they get that out of their system and just concentrate on what I what I think to as fundamental football, then it's a different story. And I would agree with that. I mean, I've watched your teams play from last year to this year. I've seen the... Um, the improvements and even just individual players. Cause I mean, let's face it, the, the team that you had last season is not necessarily the team that you have this season, but at the same time, I see the players that you had last season that have improved their play. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. And Derek knows this. I will take a team that's well coached over a team with a bunch of um, really good athletes because we were that team that was really good coached and won a championship. And we had no business winning that championship because we didn't have the athletes. Right. But the differences start to show the first time around 
they don't always show. And like you said, coach, when you have a team that is facing adversity for the first time, sometimes it's a learning experience. And sometimes you have to stand up and pay attention to what's going on around you to understand, hey, you know what? Maybe what coach was telling me was right. And maybe I need to do my job better. So I think that, um, you know, knowing you the way I do, I, I, I just don't see the same thing. And, and I don't see the same outcome next time you guys play. Just me. Casey, what's your and, thoughts? I mean, it was interesting when Chris brought up the backyard football aspect. I was, that's kind of where I was trying to think of and what I was thinking about when I was trying to go, you know, on my comment was that's the kind of the style they do bring though. They bring that, you know, we're going to, we're going to hit you in the mouth with our line. We're going to run it. It's going to be a lot. There's not a lot of passing. There's not a lot of flash. It's just a lot of basic, simple backyard stuff, but when done right and executed by the right team, it can be exactly what, is needed in the formula that is needed to beat teams in a league like this. Um, and they've learned, however they've done it, they've learned to put it together well on their team. And that is what has mainly put them at the four and O position. I believe is, I mean, yes, their defense has been amazing and it's, it's weird that we don't talk about their defense on this show, but their defense hasn't even really been flashy and done a whole lot. They've just done enough to keep their team in it. And then it's been the feet of K Uno that has really gotten the job done in the end, it seems like. Yeah, but keep yeah. in mind, backyard football is only going to go so far. Well, I mean, so that's a conversation we might need to have. And maybe that's what the primary conversation of this podcast is. What's the style of football we're playing? Is it... Is, is winning championships in the A7FL based on the fundamentals of padded football, or is it based on the fundamentals of backyard football? Right. And, I think, and those who embrace the uniqueness of it, <clears throat> let's say the U, who has got a lot of fundamentally sound stuff, but they have all the backyard football aspect like locked in and they dominated this league for the last three, you know, three to four years before they finally got beat by BIC this year. Uh, I will, I will chime in with that real quick and I'll say flat out. I think it's a combination of both. And I think that when you have a, um, a squad that is set up to run a little backyard, but can play fundamentally sound, they're going to be very tough to beat. And I think that that's the, the, um, you know, when I watch some of the some of the East Coast teams, I see a lot of backyard football in them, but I also see a lot of fundamentals. I see a lot of guys not missing their, uh, you know, when they when they need to make a block, they're making that block. When they you have receivers downfield and you have a running quarterback, I see the, the uh, wide receivers blocking for the quarterback. So there is a difference in that little bit of uh, backyard football. <clears throat> Obviously, that's going to be different from say your NFL and and some of the other stuff that we're used to seeing, but at the same time, it is backyard football with a, uh, a very organized flair. Yeah. Like I said, fundamentally sound backyard football, right? It's kind of interesting to say, but, and not saying that that's what the hunters are excelling at already. I'm not saying that, but they're leaning towards that because they're fundamentally sound and with their assignments, while playing backyard, while what playing what you call backyard football, Chris, I, 
I just saw good blocking and tackling from them and great execution and understanding what the defense was giving them out of Keuno. Like if if they were rushing for, hard from one side and he saw a pocket to step up in, he would. If there was a guy in front of him, he could dump it off to, he would. If he didn't, he would take off and run. I mean, he was basically Lamar Jackson back there and doing doing his thing at a very high level. And that's, for me, on offense, that why they're winning. I, I won't disagree with you, Derek, but I, I will say this much. And that is a fact that <clears throat> what I saw was a guy that when Keuno took off, you saw his receivers pinning the cornerbacks in. You saw them making that block downfield to get him that extra yardage. And he set up his blocks like a wide receiver would. I mean, excuse me, like a running back would. He set up his, his uh, blockers perfectly so that way they can make those, he can make those blocks easily. So though, that's what I see the difference right now between the two. Um, I think that the uh, fundamental football is, has, still has to be there. But I also think that there's a little backyard flair that we're starting to see. And I, you know who I think is starting to show that as well uh, is Kryptonite. Because I'm starting to see, you know, their quarterback, we, we saw a smooth run a little bit more in this last one. And he had a lot of blocking downfield for him with his wide receivers. So, I mean, we all know wide receivers can make a difference, especially downfield for either a running back or a running quarterback. Oh, absolutely. So I think... Those are things that we 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 can't just push to the side and say, oh well, you know, it's 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 all fundamentals. It is, but that backyard flair just changes it up. And I think that um, uh, those are the types of things that I even see uh, out of the pit bosses. Is that I, you know, when when Trey decides to take off, he's got blockers downfield, and that's where I, why he's running for those yards. Yeah, Trey was kind of the one to do it first in our division, right? Right, absolutely, yeah. and and it's interesting you brought up the the kryptonite because yeah they play that backyard style of football, but they have I would say I was honestly the biggest question with the kryptonite in my mind coming in was how are they going to adapt going from seven on seven flag to seven on seven no pads no helmets tackle, and they have very well learned how to bring that flag football style of offense that they run in the flag league over here to this league and make it successful and make it do well for them and that's what's impressed me because I was kind of curious I was like "Eh, does flag offense really work in this league it didn't seem like it did the kryptonite have brought it in and seemed to have made it work well Casey I I will say this uh, the the flag offense that you're talking about uh really does play in with the receivers. If you notice, they don't usually play with a running back. Um, RTC will be back there from time to time, but he's usually out on the sides or uh, in a, in a wide receiver position or a slot receiver Absolutely. position. Well, RTC and, formation is what they called it on the broadcast. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you see that, that type of formations that they're, they're running with. And that is, believe it or not, that is a type of, of um, kind of a, a flag type of uh, a formation. But the thing about it is you have to understand when you're running that, when you have one receiver or excuse me, one lineman that is eligible, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that if you play it right. And in my eyes, Kryptonite has, has played that offensive lineman correctly 
you know, using him as a tight end. So, I mean, what I've seen with them, and Derek, I'm sure you've seen it from up above, they'll literally send that guy, or they'll keep him in to block, have the two receivers basically clear out, and then hit him in the open spot that they just left. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on within um, the flag league that can be brought over and played in the seven-on-seven league with our style of football that works. So, I mean... Just developing open spaces. That's, I mean, that's all the football at every level. I mean, you don't really see people incorporate that, you know, at the middle school level and down, but if any coach knows what they're doing and how to plan for an offense, that's, that's all it is. And it works well. And that's basically kryptonite's quick, quick throw offense is based a hundred percent on that. We'll clear this, you move over here or you go deep and we'll clear underneath. Like it, yep. you got to attack one or the other. And they know that most, most defenses are playing man. So once you clear, there's nobody playing in zone often enough to take that position up. So you've got a lot of guys running wide open. So it's, right. it's um, just a matter of how you want to take a look at the offense. And, you know, that backyard style, like I said, Derek, you, and we got to coin that. Cause I mean, that, that whole thing of, of the, you know, kind of that backyard style with that. Um, backyard fundamentals. Yeah. Backyard <laughs> fundamentals. Thank you. We got to coin that. Cause that, that is, is so real. That's um, the new t-shirt. And I think I I would wear it tomorrow, but the fact of the matter is that I think that that's what we're seeing and we're seeing, uh, you know, defensive lines being kept honest by a running quarterback because you've got three receivers out there. So your only runner is the quarterback. You've only got three offensive line or three offensive linemen, three defensive linemen trying to tackle him. He is got, he's in a better position to win that. So you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the season, but um, I'm very interested to see how guys continue to uh, take this backyard fundamentals and make it their own. You know, one of the things that uh, when I told Matt and Corey and about, you know, when I talked to them, you know, is I'm trying to bring that arena style to this game. I was just getting so ready. A lot of these guys are, are, are still learning how to, how to, you know, make that transition from you know, eight, you know, 11 man football to actually learning that arena style. You know, because the simulator, you know, there, there are a lot of similarities, you know, but it's, it's now it's just a matter of understanding the true concept of playing arena ball that these guys are learning. See, that was kind of the question I was going to go into next is. I know you you like to bring that arena style of ball both offensively and defensively to the to the game. Uh, how does that arena style defense line up and match up? And what are the advantages do you think on your defense lining up arena style compared to a team like the Kryptonite who lines up in that that more of the flag style offense? It, it's it's all saying really. It's all about you know responsibility. As I stress to the guys you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, every man has to be made accountable for their action. And in the same token, you have to account for every eligible receiver on that field. So communication is key, you know, as it, as it is for, for any defense, you know, with, you know, whether it's eight man, 11 man, you know, 12 man, it don't matter. 
You know, communication is key. And if they're not communicating with each other, no matter what you run, defense is going to fail. And you can see that, I I hate to point it out, but you can see that with the insomniacs in their secondary. They don't talk. So when you have a guy coming across on a slant and another guy running a, a, um, a go route, they don't always talk to the safety and the safety gets put in a bad position like they did on uh, Sunday where they were, he was basically out of position thrown over the top for a touchdown. The help wasn't well, there. So they were blaming with, the corner. It's happened with my guys too. Yeah. You know, as, as I chew their ass out because I'm like, you have a responsibility. Why aren't you taking care of your responsibility? Yeah. You know, the one thing exactly. you should not be doing is worrying about the next man. You should be concentrating on your job. You do your job, we're good. The next man takes care of his job, we're good. Well, but most people forget. Everybody has has the the one main the the, com, the common denominator that everybody has is they have to communicate, and if they yeah. don't communicate, the whole system fails. And I see. Well, coach, see and I, I think, coach, I think you would agree too that when when you're talking about this and we're like as we are football is the team that wins in a game of football is the one that makes the least amount of mistakes and it's not every time but usually the team that makes the least amount of mistakes like we're talking about in the secondary on offense that communication are usually the ones that win the game i was going to say and sometimes that i mean that's the way it is and that communication sometimes can be the biggest mistake that can cost you the game. And that lack of communication and the consistent lack of communication, I believe, at least from my point, seeing it from the stands, that's the key reason why the insomniacs are sitting 0-4. Well, there's it, when I look at the insomniacs, there's a couple of reasons that they're, they're sitting at 0-4. Um, and I would say, yes, defensively communication is, is one of them, but I also think that, you know, when I sit there and I watch and I've watched plenty of football, played plenty of football, saw lots of stuff that was going on. What I can tell you is this very honestly, Casey, when I watch their, their, um, wide receivers run routes nine times out of 10, I'm, I'm asking myself, what the hell is he running? Yep. There's too much that is freelance when it comes to the insomniac insomniacs and there's too many times that I've seen guys pulling defenders into other guys routes and there's been picks that have been thrown because of that so when you're talking about fundamentals when you're talking about backyard <laughs> fundamentals which I love um you also have to talk about just plain fundamentals of football and when you are running a certain route you got to run the routes that are called because you don't know what your offensive coordinator is setting up for you for later. And I know Bartley, I know you've done that plenty of times. You've probably set guys up so many times, whether it be the safety or the corner for a certain move that's coming later on. And if your guy runs it too early, it's out the window. So you got to run what's called. It's so important to understand the fundamentals of football. Not only run what's called, but run it properly. Exactly. I stress technique. I stress, you know, precision. I get, I stay on my guys. And like I tell them, if you dog my routes, you kill my play. Then we got problems. 
You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you guys hear me on the on the sideline when when I see a dogged out route nine times out of ten, I'm blowing my stack because you've now destroyed everything that I've tried to set up for the next play and the play after that. Look, calling an offense and being part of the offense in the past, <clears throat> nothing pissed me off more than when we called routes and you saw a guy out there dogging it or running the wrong route. And if you have an over-under that you're trying to over-under a corner that's playing in a zone defense and you have a five-yard out and a 10-yard out called and one of them runs them at seven, the other one runs them at five, hey, look, I, I've now been able to cover two guys, two guys with one. So it's very aggravating to see that kind of crap that happens. And yes, I'm simplifying that by the route that I'm talking about so everybody can understand. But, you know, when it comes to playing football, when it comes to running your routes, you have to be very precise in what you're doing. And you have to understand the routes that are called. And I always told the receivers that I played with, make sure you pay attention to the routes that are called, not just yours. Because if you're not running your route precisely, you're bringing that defender into another guy's route. And you might not be the main receiver on this, you know, in this play. And what you're doing could ruin it for the other receivers. So make sure you understand what you're running and why. Yeah, take that a step further. <clears throat> How many guys do you see have a route called and they see that they're running right at a defender? So they break it off thinking I'm going to be open. That's why I broke it off, not realizing the whole point was for them to run that defender off. And now the the quarterback is in a pickle and ready to throw a pick because if the guy kept going, everything was going to work. Like mm-hmm. it, it's heartbreaking to see that happen <laughs> as a or, quarterback, or, or, or man. Even better. Or even better, if the receiver runs a fucked up route, pardon my French, and it throws off the timing for the quarterback. Oh, yeah. every time. Oh, yeah. Quarterback's, yeah, worst, that's... quarterback's worst nightmare besides having a shitty line. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Derek, how many times have you got on our wide receivers when we played together about that shit? <laughs> most, most recently, Daily. Kenny. <laughs> Daily? <laughs> All right, Air Force, Kenny, run a slant. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you used to annoy me too. <laughs> but that's that's the type of stuff we're talking about. Because I mean, yep. the, you know, the the fact of the matter is, football is is you know, if I want to make an analogy of this, football's chess, not checkers. And right. you're playing with everybody knowing you're playing five to six moves ahead. And you're trying to get the defense to do what you want them to do. So you, that way you can get your guys wide open and make easy plays for your quarterback. And so when I see guys dogging routes, when I see guys where I'm like, and I walk the sidelines, so I get to hear the coaches. I get to hear everything and see everything. And when I'm walking the sidelines and I'm watching these routes and the guy comes off and goes, dude, I was wide open. I'm like, dude, you do realize you were not wide open. You were running covered the whole time, but because of where you ran, you ran right into another defender that brought that defender into your guy that would have been wide open for a touchdown. So now once your quarterback decided he couldn't make the throw and he decided to run the ball, that's why you were wide open. Told a guy that on Sunday, man, you see, did you see me? You saw me, man, right? I was wide open. I was like, no, you weren't, but you messed up the play for your quarterback. What are you talking about? And then as soon as everybody got off the field, oh, he got his ass ringed. 
but that's what it's about. <laughs> you know, you have to understand what's going on in football if you're going to play this game, period. Backyard fundamentals can't be more important than what we're talking about right now, especially when you're running certain plays. Guys have to understand where they are on the football field at all times. They have to understand where the cornerback is, the safety, the, the linebacker, whoever's out there playing defense. You have to understand where those players are and what you're doing. If you don't, better go back to the drawing board or you better damn well ask your coach. Uh, <laughs> uh, coach, uh, why am I running this five-yard out? I'm open every time. Yeah, no, you're not. All right. Shut up. So, so I mean, when we look at this whole thing, let's go back to the games. Um, right. You know, the way I'm looking at these things and, and, you know, Derek, I'll ask you, you were up there watching them, Casey, you were watching them too. Uh, you know, the games that I saw, obviously I wasn't there for every game, but the games that I saw were interesting games. And they're interesting games because I saw teams actually out there um, getting better. You know, these teams are not staying the same throughout the season. These guys are getting better, and they're getting better doing the things. Um, uh, and I'm going to keep referring to it now, Derek, because you, you got me going on this backyard fundamentals. But <laughs> you, I see these guys just doing better and better and better in every, you know, every respect. And I'm starting to see offenses playing better. We all know defenses are ahead of offense when they first come out and they start playing. But I'm starting to see these defenses play better as well. What, what, how, how do you guys feel about this, uh, this weekend's games? Yeah, Honestly, I, I thought this weekend's games were some of the most exciting in the way of how they were played. Um, I thought the games were probably some of the cleanest that we've seen all season long as well. Um, and the guys were having fun. There wasn't a whole lot of push and shove and jaw jacking. There was a little bit of a few personal fouls, a few unsportsmanlikes called. But there always is in football. It's football. It's going to happen. But it wasn't so out of hand that, you know, there were five, six, seven flags per game thrown. So I thought the guys cleaned it up well. They had fun. Um, and it looked like, like you said, they were getting better as well. They're starting to gel better. They're starting to figure out their place on the team and exactly what their team needs to do. And it's starting to look really, really, really good. my perspective i like you chris think the level of play is getting much better the uh plays are now i wouldn't say the routes but the plays are getting crisper the windows uh, the openings are getting smaller as the defenses get better uh some of the some of the plays that people are having to resort to 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 make things happen are much more highly contested i i can remember at least three plays where kuno had to run for his life but then ended up getting amazing yards after the fact because it reversed all the way around field, something I would absolutely coach against every single time. And I'm sure I was yelling in my heart, don't do that, don't do that the entire time he was doing it, but he made it work because he's so damn fast. <laughs> Outside of that, it seemed like everything was like way tighter, way more fundamental, way more uh, play execution versus broken down plays being successful. No, so Absolutely. you mean that good old no? Yes, yes, yes. Go, go exactly. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I know those very well. Yeah, yeah. 
to be clear, that was not me last week, but that's what I was envisioning. Going, no, yes, 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 go, go, go. Yeah, there's been, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and and um, I'll say, uh, Bartley, your team has shown me some some things in the beginning of the year. Uh, I love your um, jet sweep because I was actually talking to, about talking about that to Corey. Uh, we we're talking about the uh, the jet sweep, but bringing the guy behind the quarterback and then giving the quarterback that option to hit him in the flats, and that first penalty that you got was um interesting because he turned up field way too early and that's why he got penalized for it but the rest of the time he was keeping his his shoulders square to the sidelines until that uh, ball was snapped but was interesting i saw a lot of opportunity for that there in the flats and also a fake to him and let him take it a little deeper and hit him and i'm hoping that that's something that you guys are going to keep continue to work on cuz i think in this Seven on seven, especially because so many guys play man and you have guys traveling. I think that gives you guys a lot of opportunity. Well, you know, it's the, the biggest thing, as I tell these guys, literally, you have to raise your level of execution. You know, regardless of what we do, what play was called, you have to raise your level of execution. My expectation for these guys go up on a daily and they know this but they also have to stay within their means you know don't try to go out there be a hero stay within your means and right now you know if if they continue to elevate their level of execution because the competition is steadily getting getting better we stay we stay on top like we're supposed to be but well, I mean, again, I keep... it's, it's all the mental aspect of it, you know, and when it comes to football. Yeah, and I keep talking about... I have got to learn, you know, football is all mental. It ain't about physicality and brawn. No. You know, once they figure that out, it's a different game. Very much so. And, you know, it's funny because you hear uh, people talk about it all the time whether it's in the pros or, or at, at any level, is being able to play fast. Well, why are you able to play fast? Because you understand it, because it's mental. Once you understand the mental side of the, of the game, it allows you to play fast because you're no longer thinking in between plays. When I hear people, when I used to hear people talk about that all the time um, when I was playing, it was always, oh, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? and the game starts to slow down, that didn't make any sense either. Then it started to make sense when I realized, okay, when you're not thinking about the play, you're not thinking about the route you're running, you're not thinking about your depth and all that other fun stuff, you're able to just go out there and execute, you become much faster about what you're doing. Now you can start to learn the nuances of it. So it's interesting right. to, to hear you say that. And I, I think that it is um, something that we're starting to see the game slow down for some of these guys. And as that game starts to slow down because they're no longer thinking about the game, it's starting to click more with them and we're starting to see better play. Um, I, I really do think that you are an innovator in this game. I've seen some of the plays that you're trying to run. I, I get it with uh, Trey. It might have been a little bit different this past Sunday because I saw a lot of things that were open. 
So I just hope that, you know, following through with that as we move forward, I think that we can start to see some some different aspects come of it from you guys. And I'll be very honest with you. I'm excited to see what you're what you've got up your sleeve because I know from last season, and I'm not going to spoil anything by saying this, I know from last season, you didn't always show everything you have. And I think that's, uh, again, going back to chess. I think that you're playing it close to the vest, and I can't wait to see what happens in the playoffs. Well, you're right. I haven't shown everything. And I probably won't show everything, you know, and I'm just, I bring out just a little snippet here and there, and that's about it. I'm really waiting till spring. Come spring, it's a whole new concept. Stuff that I can't you wait see for that this too. season, stuff that you see this season, you probably won't see in spring. Maybe maybe a a, a, a tidbit, but it's a whole another uh, avenue. Come spring, completely different look, completely different methods of you know levels of execution, it's going to be a true, you know, once these guys like really get it down, you know, on the mental aspect of it, there's a big difference. Oh, without a doubt. So that's why I'm excited about this. That's why I'm excited to see what you bring out next, because I think that um, when I look at coaches, you know, I, I like your style. Um, Hard nose isn't a bad thing, and guys got to understand that. My best coach used to yell at me all the time, and he loved his players, and we loved to play for him. But he was, you know, and I, I could say it on a podcast, he was an asshole when he was training. He was an asshole. If you, if you screwed up a play, oh, man, you were taking laps. But the fact of the matter is it taught us a, <clears throat> it taught us the fundamentals and it made us understand why it was so important to do what we were doing, to understand, understand your assignment, but also understand everybody else's assignment. So when I played safety, it was very, very important for me to understand what the cornerbacks were doing and what the uh, linebackers were doing. When I was playing wide receiver, it was very important for me to understand what the other receivers were doing. So that way, we stayed out of each other's way and we ran our routes very precisely with that understanding. So bottom line for this, man, I, I would, if I was much younger, I would come play for you in a heartbeat. Obviously my ass is too old to play this game. My body <laughs> is like a hell. No, my mind is like, oh, yeah, you can do it for a season. My body's like, ah, oh, no, 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 we ain't. No, nope. Done. Nope. Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> But being Look, out I, there walking I, the sidelines, listening to you, I appreciate you, man. You you are one of my favorite coaches, and I will say that out loud right now. Uh, thank you. You know, I as as much as I I beg my wife, you know, babe, let me just get a few cortisone shots, and you know, let me let me get out there and show these guys, you know, some <laughs> real football. You know, because yeah. I I know these guys wouldn't be ready for my kind of football because I'm I was always a hard nosed you know, in, I'm, I'm in your face and you felt me in more ways than one. You know, I've, I have literally played every position on the field. Yeah. And people look at me like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I get down there and play center. See how well I'm I, I can take someone, take, take someone to the turf. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've played that. I've played that guard. I've played tackle. And I flipped the script on the defensive side of the ball. You know, hell, when I first started playing ball, I was a DB and a receiver. You know, mm-hmm. and then I found myself having to, to, you know, really learn the game. You know, Lester Hayes taught me how to play that DB spot. You know, and something. we're talking old school. You know, granted, he's a Raider. But, you know, he was, <laughs> he was one of those. Uh, I love it. He was one of those smash mouth, hard nosed DBs that he was old up in your face and he's smashing you. If you were a receiver, you wasn't getting off the line uncontested. He was in your grill. Yeah. You know, I knew what the receiver was running when he stepped to the line of scrimmage just by his stance. That, that, that's the little stuff that he taught. So it made my game that much better. It's those, it's oh. those little pieces, those little battles in between the lines that these guys just don't quite understand yet. And it's something that I used to take to heart because – my thing was I wanted to set the cornerback up. So I came out in the exact same stance as much as I possibly could. So that way the, the corner had no idea what I was running. I wanted him on his heels nine times out of 10. And as long as I could get him on his heels and he didn't know what I was running, I just won. And that was something I took, I took you know pride in doing. And it also came to the same thing as blocking. And Derek will tell you, how many times I've come to the huddle and said, because the cornerback was pissing me off. And I tell, I, we come into the huddle, Derek, hey, sweep left. <laughs> well, why are we running a sweep, sweep left? Oh, you'll see. The cornerback's going to be laying on his back. And I come out and tell him, hey, a sweep's coming this way. Oh, thanks for letting me know. No, no, you ain't going to be thanking me in a minute. As soon as that ball snapped, you're going to be laying on your back. And I had, I took it as, as like you said, Lester Hayes. With him beating up a, a wide receiver, I also took that fact that I had five yards to beat up that cornerback. So guess what I did in that five yards? I made sure I whooped that cornerback's ass. And that's what, and that's what it takes. <laughs> you know, realize when I, when I got paid to play this game, you know, I was a 220-pound tailback. Five-three speed, you know, my, my strength was, was, was like damn near unheard of. You know, but I had no agilities whatsoever trying to juke somebody. That was not happening because I had so much speed. I mean, we're talking world-class, legitimate 4-3 speed, you know, not hand time, electronic. So you got that much weight with my strength coming that fast at you. I, it's like trying to stop a big rig. It was Herschel Walker. Uh, stop on a dime. <laughs> So my only, my only right. right. Thank so you. My only thing to do was I'm gonna run you over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. if I was able to play the game right now, a lot of people would not want to tackle me. Yeah. You know, one of my bud, my mentor, uh, Doug Banks. You know, he's down in Cali. You know, he, uh, he and his, his son and I. You know, we were pretty close in high school. And when we got to playing at, you know, semi-pro together and all that stuff too, he looked at me like, man, Bart, you were the one back I was scared to touch. I did not want to go head up. And I tried warning people about you, but they just wouldn't listen. And I go, why is that, Brian? Why, 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 why? He goes, man, look, you're already built low to the ground. 
that that's strike one. Strike two, you were fast and you were strong. So who 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 wants to deal with someone like you? I go, well, there are a lot of guys who had big nuts. Right? Thought they were the shit. Found out real yeah. quick, didn't they? You know, I I I ain't gonna lie. I took I I took one shot, one big shot while I was overseas in Germany. My first first week in camp with the Frankfurt Galaxy. And the one time I underestimated that linebacker, he teed off into me. And I just sat there and I'm like, you know what? Motherfucker, that'll never happen again. After that, I started making him and all the, the rest of the linebackers my bitches. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I learned once the hard way playing. Um, we we're practicing when I was playing in high school, and they told me, they told me that our running back at the time, he was um, really good running back and passed away uh, before he could go to college. Where hadn't changed us up from JV and varsity and all that yet. And everybody kept on saying the same thing. You want to grab Paul, grab him by the, by the uh, pads and roll. He's got to go where his pads go. Man, I did that one time and Paul landed on top of me. I was like, oh, I ain't never doing that shit again. That like <laughs> hell. I ain't never doing that shit again. That man, when he fell on top of me, I lost all my air. I was on the ground. And that's when I learned the first time when a coach comes up to you and says, so you hurt or you injured? And the difference between the two, I always thought it was a joke. I learned real quick what he meant. And I came off the field and that was uh, the last time I'd ever listened to the coach as far as grabbing him by his shoulder pads. I always went low on him after that. Cause that was uh, a pain. I'll never forget that knocked all the wind out of me. And I didn't, I couldn't breathe for like, three or four plays after that but i'll tell you what man this this game this game is 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 a big love of mine and coach i'll, I'll tell you the same thing i've told any coaches out there anytime you want somebody to come out and work with your wide receivers give me an opportunity to prove myself to you and i will i i can't be biased obviously um but at the same time, I have no problem coming out and helping helping somebody who wants to win because I see you as, like I said, one of my favorite coaches out there. I see you doing it all the time. You take your team to the side whenever they need a talking to, and I don't have to worry about your sideline. So I appreciate you. Thanks. And I will actually take you up on that offer because, you know, in all honesty, you know, with the way, you know, just coming off this ankle surgery and all that, you know, I really can't physically get out there and show these guys how to to really run my routes. Although I do have some pretty good receivers out there, but the one thing that I I like to have is more experience on the sideline. You know, so they just don't hear it just coming from one person or two people. You know, a multitude of people. You know, I want them to hear. So, like, even right now, I'm trying to get some of my you know, some, you know, my mentors or some of my guys that I've coached that are no longer playing at the pro level, trying to get them to come out to, you know, hopefully I can get, they can, they can come talk to my, my athletes for, for, for my links program, you know, because again, I want them to see, you know, this is where these guys come from under my tutelage, 
and they can show you exactly what I'm trying to relay. Yeah, and, you know, and coach <clears throat> verbal doesn't doesn't pick up or translate yeah, as and, well. Well, and to back you up, coach, I mean, how how valuable is it for you to give your guys a message? The person, your assistant coach or whoever or position coach understands your message, and then you can go focus on something else, and he can help those guys understand the message and coach that up while you're working on something else. Like that is having a staff of people who can help you with that. It's so valuable. It is. And that's, you know, and it's hard to find quality, you know, quality guys that can truly teach the game the way it's supposed to be taught. It's very hard because a lot of these, a lot of these coaches cannot coach their coach their way out of a paper bag with two holes. And it's, and it's, and it's showing, you know, from the youth level, to the high school level, and it, and it's starting to trans, you know, show at the college ranks, and then it's really showing in the NFL. So some of those guys that are on, on that sideline as head coaches in the NFL should not be there. And well, at least, at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, at least one of them. Yeah. yeah, at least one of them shouldn't be there. <laughs> Everybody well, else like deserves the shot. And Look, I can tell you looking, honestly, I would have fun with your wide receivers. So you let me know when you're practicing, and I've I've said it before. Let me know when you're practicing. I'll be I'll be more than happy to be out there with you, and I will show these guys. A lot of times, I bring my cleats. I can't do everything that I used to be able to, but I can show them so they get the gist. No, I All right. Well, well, Chris, it sounds like you got a job, bro. Let, let, let's move back to A7. Let's move back to A7 NFL football and about these games. So, so there coach, one more. Oh, go ahead, Casey. What you got? There was there was one more subject I really wanted to touch on, and that was the scenario we're moving into this Sunday um, for playoffs and the seedings of the playoffs and how everything could work out. Luckily, I guess for us, Mr. Derek Duncan couldn't sleep the other night, so he kind of already <laughs> figured all this shit out, so we didn't have to sit here and try to figure it out on air too much. But we know the easy part is the Hunters are in. It's just where they're going to be ranked, and it looks like the Kryptonite are in. just depends on where they're going to be ranked, depending on how they finish their games. The difficulty becomes if certain teams lose and then tiebreakers. And that's where, um, if you have that ready, Derek, um, I'll let you get into the shenanigans of what could happen and what teams still actually have a legitimate shot at the playoffs going into this weekend. All right. Well, the, the way it breaks down is this. The Hunters at 4-0 are guaranteed at minimum, at worst, a two-seed. They are playing the kryptonite this week and the kryptonite come in at three and one if the kryptonite were to beat the hunters they would both be at four and one and by virtue of the tiebreaker the kryptonite would have the number one seat the hunters have obviously beat everyone else currently being undefeated so they would have the number two seat uh after that uh the the there's a three-way toss-up for the bottom two seats as it stands right now it's uh, I guess I'd have to go back and and look that all up. But as it stands right now, it would be Pit Bosses and OTT, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, Gold and Insomniacs. However, Pit Bosses are playing 
the gold this week and ott is playing the insomniacs if the gold beat the pit bosses that creates a tie between those two teams if ott beats the insomniacs it creates a tie between all three or it loses to the insomniacs it creates a tie for all three ott already has two wins so a lot a lot of unlikely things happening right that would mean the insomniacs would get their very first win of the season over the gold a team that's been competitive in, in every game not likely but not impossible right so let's say right. that were all to happen and the gold end up beating the pit bosses pit bosses, pit bosses no, no offense to coach barley are on a two-game slide who knows what's gonna show up week week five coach barley knows but the rest of us don't and then that would create a three-way tie at two and three for all three of those teams basically backdooring their way into the, the last two spots in the playoffs and the way that breaks down is all three teams will have beaten each other once which means you can't go head to head as the different differentiator to take positioning. So from there, it goes into point differential. And you guys all know that the pit bosses ran up the score on everybody the first two games. So the pit bosses own the pit, the, the point differential spot at 51 gold are in second place at 10 at OTT although with two wins has a point differential of negative 29 because they were one of those teams that got worked by the pit bosses. So even though OTT has a better record, they have the worst chance of making the playoffs if things get haywire. So if OTT were to lose to the Insomniacs, they would be out unless the gold beat the pit bosses by 80 plus points. <laughs> and I don't see that it wouldn't happen. I'm sorry. By how much? 80. 80 something. Wait, wait, yeah. how much? 80? 80 something. Right. Yes. Yeah, that so, so because the pit bosses are plus 51, OTT is minus 29. <laughs> yeah. That, that adds up to 80 points. Jesus. So, so every winning you're in. Yeah, win and you're in. That's the easy part, Bart. Oh, and that's the case for the pit bosses and OTT. Yep. And pretty well for and pretty well for the gold, unless OTT unless they beat the unless they unless they beat the pit bosses by eighty, and then they knock themselves <laughs> out of the playoffs. <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah, I think the pit bosses have a, a little bit more heart than that, so. A yeah. lot more hard, but yeah, a lot more being facetious. But um, this should be this could be a very interesting weekend. Then it definitely will be at every single game playoff implications, yes. in some way, shape, or form. The game between the top two teams right now is for positioning for for, for 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 the the seating, right? And then uh, you've got. OTT that needs to win against the Insomniacs to make sure that they don't fall out of the three seed. And if they do, if they do lose, then they got to, you know, be board watching to see what happens to see if they maintain their spot to take the four seed. Man, this, 
this is gonna be a fun weekend, but I'm gonna go first and say this is how I would love to see this turn out, just because there's one matchup I really wanna see happen. And I want to see it happen first round of the playoffs just to get it the hell out of the way. I want to see Hunters first, Kryptonite second, Pit Bosses third. Because oh, I want to see, I want, I want to see the Kryptonite Pit Bosses rematch. You know, I had not thought about that, Casey. Thank, thank you for that original take. You can tell Corey that you've had one now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the rematch I want to see, and I want to see it the first round of the playoffs. Get that shit out of the way and and let a hell of a game be played. Because Casey, good thing, good thing you said it when you did, because I was going to bring that up. So That's why I jumped in and said it, because I get tired well, of getting taken from... <laughs> well, let's, be, well, let's be clear the the pit bosses are still the the darling of this of the fall regardless yes. of their record the the amount of attention they've they've garnered from how active they've been on social media on podcasts like our own currently with our current head coach sitting here talking to us right now they they are the team to watch regardless of their record so uh whoever is playing the pit bosses will be the likely the most watched game oh absolutely would agree thousand percent coach i don't know how you did that but your, your pr team is off the hook man you guys are you guys are appointment <laughs> television for a lot of folks <laughs> well you know these, that's that's these guys I'm, right now i'm just focused on winning Oh no, it's you too. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I've seen you out there. <laughs> I've seen you out there. <laughs> I've, I've had, you know, I've had to, you know, put a couple things out, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where my my main focus is on on winning and trying to get these guys to learn how to win. So l- let me ask you a quick question. This is where I wanted to go before we got into the talk of the of the games from last week and the playoff positioning. I saw something I really enjoyed, which was a, we'll call it a pro style offense out of you guys with, uh, (laughs) we're calling Charles Swag Urkel in the backfield at at QB. And obviously your game came a little, became a little more one dimensional at the quarterback position, not saying that he's not a good runner, but he wasn't taking off the same way Trey did. And the offense didn't seem to be built around him doing that last week. Have you toyed with the idea of putting Trey back in his natural position because you have such a, an efficient backup there to to maybe have him be the primary and let Trey get loose from the slot position? Well, I've, I've thought about doing that at one point in time, but um, the likelihood that I would do that, eh, not likely, because I've always garnered my, my offense around a dual quarterback system okay you know i, I, but I understand that no i got given, you. given given the ideal i said and, I, and i'll give you know charles johnson you know some credit he he stepped up and you know he did he did fairly well um, i liked what i saw I, I had to try to get through to him was you're not trey don't try to be trey i need you to play fundamental football play right. your game not trying to be a hero, but just play the game. Right. Fundamentally you know, sound. Take, with, take what the defense gives spotlight. you. Right. And sometimes when these guys get in that spotlight, you know, that light gets bright and 
they lose focus. It's part of the game, you know. And you just gotta learn. You know, that's why I said earlier, you know, on the job training. And it's so, funny you say that if you told him you you know, don't try to be trained because Tay Uno came up to me after the game and he was like, Let me guess, the excuse is gonna be that they ended up doing something different and Trey wasn't quarterback. And I said, No, that quarterback is very, very talented. Don't get it twisted. I said but he at times seemed like maybe he was trying to betray too much and he didn't use his strengths and his abilities to the strength of the game. Right. And see, here, here's the, the comparison between the two. Trey is the more athletic, more mobile. Charles is the, is the he, he's got the deep, the deep ball. Right. And he, and he, and, sure, and this past uh, weekend, you know, he, he surely demonstrated that. You know, he's got the arm to throw the deep ball. For and sure. I you know, and I got the horses that can run it down. He just got to be more confident and and more focused on the play as it comes. Instead of just instead of trying to do too much or trying to create something that's not there. Right. So your dilemma is Cordell Stewart at quarterback or Cordell Stewart at receiver, right? And- <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but with Trey, like I said, what Trey brings to the table is his athleticism. He can create with his legs when he's focused. Right. And there are times where I've had I've had to get on him when he when he gets steps away from his game and he's trying to do too much. I noticed that as well, and talked to him at halftime before between the last game. I'm like, bro, I don't know what you got going on in your head right now, but you are trying to do too much instead of, instead of letting the game come to you. I'm not sure what, what's going on. So, I mean, and, that, every, and again, that comes with, you know, again, guys being in the spotlight and they have to learn how to how to accept it and still stay within their means. Right. You know, uh, when and, you come from the pro level, you know, that's one, that's one of the biggest things that guys have got to learn real quick, fast, in a hurry. How to but deal with being being in, in the spotlight and not choke. But Trey's been that spotlight guy most of his career, so you would think that he wouldn't be one of those guys who gets too hyped. Gets because it seems to me like it's not that he's not he, he he shrinks under he shrinks in the spotlight. It's like he tries to do too much. It's like the spotlight shining on him so bright that he feels like he needs to go above and beyond and be Superman for the day instead of being Trey. And, and that's and that's where the problem comes at times. And don't get it twisted because it happens in the in the NFL. Oh, for sure. Everybody, you know, we all know everybody goes. You know, it happens. Hell, I can't say that I didn't go through it. I went through it too. You know, coach chewed my ass out when I could have actually scored on a sixty-yard run, but. You know, I was too busy trying to send a message to a linebacker who was talking shit to me, and I had to run his ass over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we've all been there. You know, I had a I I ran a kick return for like fifty some odd yards, and instead of you know making that one little juke, I decided to hit the hit that damn the defender onto the sideline. Yeah, he went in a helicopter spin, 
you know, the whole the whole stadium heard that hit because it was very loud and impactful. But my coach jumped my ass because he said, Bart, all you had to do is just take one hard plant and you're in the end zone. Six, you know, it's six points. What are you doing? I don't know, coach. I was too busy trying to send a message. Trying to get on Sports Center, coach. Trying to get on Sports Center, coach. You know what? You know, and it's just like some, and I, I could segue into it being just like some of these guys on the uh, throw off that I've, you know, walking down the sidelines and they're like, yeah, I can't wait to t- take this one back. It's like, yeah, but you too busy dancing. Make those guys commit, put your foot in the damn ground and go. Stop dancing in the backfield. And that's what some of them had to hear for some of those touchdowns. But I mean, you know, you look at some of the stuff that's going on and I could understand why, you know, I hear you yelling at, at your squad sometimes on the sidelines because I've watched some of the plays that they've done and I see what you're saying. Hey, yeah, it, it, it was a nice 30-yard play. Could have been a touchdown if you would have done what I told you. So, I mean, we look at these plays, man, and we look at these plays from the sidelines and I, I just see a lot of potential in a lot of these guys and when their preparedness meets that potential it's going to be exciting to watch so i'm looking forward to the playoffs for sure right and you know and and to be all honest you know and as i look at all these teams you know a lot of these guys have some some real good potential to go to the next level you know they just need to be you know polished, fine-tuned, you know, but the, the real question is going to be, are they willing to make the sacrifice to get to where they want to be? A couple of them are, Coach, and, and I think you know who they are and you can spot them, and there's a couple that you can probably convert that are on the fringe. But unfortunately, most of the guys that we come into contact with are have not – made that level of commitment the guys that are playing in the fall right now and there's some ballers out there but i there's not a f- bunch of people out there that i know have their head down doing everything necessary in the gym the right way on the field the right way studying the right way to be that next level guy yeah they can probably make it to the ifl but above that usfl xfl you're not getting there without having that work ethic and being able to do all those things but and then keep your social media clean like and maybe IFL ain't that easy anymore either. It's not that easy, but you you might be able to get into the IFL with that. Is my point. Like it, that that would be the the top tier you will get without having all of those things in order. Like and right. let me revise part of my statement. I said that I don't see guys doing that. There's probably guys doing that, and I don't see them because they're not out there on social media doing it like that. So I I must revise my statement. There's probably a decent amount of guys who have all of that happening, but I don't see them because they're not there to be seen. They're head down. Well, you know, I'll tell everybody, like I got a couple, couple young men right now who, who are, who are on other teams that want to come play on my links within my links program. And as I told you, you know, you got to take this serious because this is, this is a business for me. Because I'm in the business of trying to help guys move up. You know, yeah, I, I love winning championships. Everybody knows I love my rings. I love getting them. But my biggest 
my biggest thing is when I see a when I can see a young man get invited to somebody's camp, I've done my job. Right. At the end of the day, and that's what I look forward to. But guys are gonna learn. Guys will learn that you come, you come with me. I because I've been there. I know what these guys want. I know what they need. I'm gonna work you to death. Not gonna be easy. You would have. Well, that sounds exciting. Back. <laughs> you you, you would have thought you went to hell and back five times. And you would because by the time I'm done with you, the devil would have would have issued you over strain in order telling you don't come back. I take this serious. Coach, that's what it takes though for, for some of these guys, you know, it, it, you hear it all the time from pros guys that were big names at certain colleges and they get, get to the pros and they realize, damn, everybody's running a four, two, four, three, 40. Okay, let's be real. Four, four, forty. Everybody's fast. Everybody can keep up with you. You can't do the things you used to do. You have to earn it through working. You have to make it your craft, and you have to get better at doing it. And that's why I took so much pride in in playing wide receiver and running routes. You have to understand. Okay, if this is what I'm going to do, you have to make that sacrifice. You have to understand the nuances, and you have to work with your quarterback. Period. Right. So when I hear, when I hear what you're saying, I can, you know, have the young kid in me come out and think, man, if I would have just worked at this the way I should have, who knows what could have happened? I don't know. Nobody knows. But now that I'm older, I'm willing to give that information up. But what I'm saying is I see what you're saying with working with these kids. And most of them don't understand how we feel when we see them make it, when we see them do these, these big things, even out here in the A7FL, I don't want to make this a small thing, even coming out here and playing in this league and you're out here making things happen. You're doing something big. You're sacrificing to be out here. Right. A lot of guys don't understand, you know, and a lot of guys don't know my true history. You know, I never played college football. I ran track in college. I ran track professional. I didn't get to play back to playing football until I got into the military. A lot of people don't realize I walked on to the Frankfurt Galaxy. And if you want to know how I did it, well, let's see. I was in the gym about three to four hours a day, five days a week, grinding it out. I was out there on the track, grinding it out, getting my getting keeping my speed up, getting faster, getting stronger. I was busy watching football, studying my craft. You know, football pretty much destroyed my first marriage. Because my first wife was like, you're never home. <laughs> but <laughs> football, that's that was me. Right. So when I get out there and I go to a combine, and I'm repping 225 26 times. I run a 43540. Now you now you starting to question, like, okay, who is this cat? Where'd he come from? Well, this is who I am. You know, I did what I what I what was needed to get to where I wanted to be. I was willing to make that sacrifice. 
And when these guys are ready to do so, like I tell them, I've moved over close to 300 guys to the next level because they were willing to put in the work. And I'm looking to do do that for more. I don't ask for anything in return other than you just tell people, hey, I worked with Bartley. That's all I ask. That's fire, Coach. Big time. All right, y'all. We're getting we're getting into the uh, witching hour here. I think we need to kind of put ourselves on notice to finish this up and get through okay. uh, previewing these games for week five. Let's so, do it. Let's do all it. right. All right. So, Coach, you have uh, man. This is gonna, let me say this the right way so I don't sound like a complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> The, the game one is between the kryptonite and the hunters uh, teams that you have recently had experiences playing against. Who do you think will win between those two and why? Well, in all honesty, I would probably, I'd probably give it to the kryptonite, but it would be, it would be a close game. It would, it would definitely be a close game because that, that's really a toss up. But I would have to. I would have to do give a little more in favor of the kryptonite for this one. All right. So you say coin flip, but you, you called tails because tails never fails, and it's kryptonite. Yeah. All right. And how about how about the? Oh, well, I guess I can't say why because you said one's really not better than the other. You're just leaning that way. How about you? Uh, we'll go, Chris. Um, I'm going to lean towards the kryptonite and I will say the same thing. I think it's a little bit of a toss up. Um, I think it really comes down to, uh, defensive play in this game, believe it or not. I think that the, um, the better defense is going to be the, uh, the winner in this game. Um, yeah, of course we're going to be looking at their offenses. Of course, there's going to be points scored, but what I'm saying is whichever team can hold the other team um, out of the end zone, maybe even on, an, and how many times have we talked about this, on an extra point, that could be the difference. It's been the difference in a lot of games. Yep. All right, Casey, how about you? Man, I think I think the Hunters can pull it off just with what I've seen. They've got some good things going for them. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like the hunters are gonna pull it out by a point. All right. Well, I am also gonna go hunters because I am done betting against Kauno. I, I like right. I have said yeah. that he's there going go. to lose damn near every game that he's played so far, and all he's done is prove me wrong. I believe in that young man, and he told us on this podcast last week that his brother the better football player will finally be in town ready to lace them up and play for them this coming week. And with yellow peasy being back in the mix, their defense is tightened up. I, I think yeah. that he, I, he might prove me right this time instead of proving me wrong. So I'm going to roll, I'm going to roll with K one. Oh, wait, just, just real quick. Only took you four games. that's kind of where i was at like yeah i I finally you know what i've bet against him so many times it's time to roll with him and see what they can do so all right game two over the top 
versus Insomniacs. Uh, Chris, you would be up first. Man, look. G is is going to love me for this, but I'm picking the uh I'm picking OTT. I think that they have the uh the better squad. Um I think the Insomniacs are up and coming. Don't get it twisted. I think that there's a uh going to be a point in time when they start to really show up. Um I actually think it might be this game. Um I think that they are going to uh show us something, but I, I just think that over the top has too much talent. And I think that in the end, at the end of the day, I'm going to say they're let's, let's go a little bit different on this one. And I'm going to say over the top by eight points. Okay. Bold prediction. Uh, Casey, you would be next. And let's put a point total on it since I think we're all likely going the same direction for all of us. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. I would say that I'm pretty much on the same page with Chris um what g has done with over the top and what they've started to do the talent he's got on that team the way that defense has come together some of his people running routes some of his receivers running routes are running in at least in from my perspective some of the most crisp routes that we've seen this season be run um and i think that against the insomniacs gives the insomniacs absolutely no chance so, and I would say it's going to be over the top by 14 plus. All right. I got next. I'm also going OTT. Uh, Insomniacs have played A7 games in the spring and in the fall now and have yet to win a game. I don't see this week being the first. Uh, I don't think they will have an answer for Savion Cunningham should he be returning kicks the entire day. And if they were to score and he's back there, whatever they just did gets equalized immediately. So I, I got to go OTT and I'm going to say by, by 20. And Coach Bartley. Well, I, I would I would honestly have to say over the top, you know, they picked, they picked up some new bodies, you know, stuff, athletes that they truly needed to, uh, to, to try to get them to that next level. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to stay over the top. And what do you think? What do you think by how many points, coach? We're just doing that because we all went this direction. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I'm probably like, I'm gonna probably say uh, 30, 30 plus. About 30. All right. So Chris has got eight, Casey's got 14 plus, I got 20, coach got 30. Yeah, because like I said, they're young, they're still learning the game, but you know. G's got a, got a real quarterback. Yes, he does. I don't know if Willie will play quarterback the whole time, but he's got one back there. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, pit bosses versus the gold. I guess I am supposed to go first this time. I got the pit bosses winning this game. Uh, I believe that the gold has lost another, uh, another group of players again, just based on some things that I'm seeing out there. Not 100% sure, but even fully stacked, I think the pit bosses are at full strength are about a 10-point better team than the gold just based on their normally constructed rosters and then with the gold potentially being shorthanded, I don't think – I think the pit bosses will, will win handily. Uh, Chris, what do you got? 
Uh, as much as it pains me, because I do like Jeremiah, but pit boss is by 21. Ooh, he put a number on it. And Casey. Hearing none. Coach? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm guessing. I guess I'm my bad. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, this one is fairly easy for me. The pit bosses are going to win this game. Um, I think Bartley is going to bring a team to the table this week that's going to show up, show out, make a statement. They're going to put up a 50 burger. I feel it. Um, they're due for another one. And I think this is going to be their game, unfortunately for the team on the other side of the ball. Um, they're they're going to get a 50 burger put up on them, and I would say probably pit bosses by 49. Whew. Wow. How do you score a point? No, he's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. All right, coach. <laughs> How would you... Obviously, you know in your heart the pit bosses are going to win. What do you have to say about the game? Well, you know, these guys, I've been been going back and forth with these guys all week. And I'm trying, you know, been, again, trying to get them to understand to, you know, just stay within your means and not trying to do too much. But being that, you know, not having trade last week, you know, really, you know, the guys really do see how important he is to the program. You know, Trey's coming, coming out to make a statement. So uh, I just say expect expect to see a tracking. All right, I, Coach, I truly appreciate you as a human, and I want to thank you for spending ninety minutes of your valuable time with us on a beautiful, cold Wednesday night here in Las Vegas. I wish you the greatest success this weekend and in everything you do in life. And I'm so blessed to have you on the show. Thanks for being a part of us, my man. Thank you. You know, this, hey, I'm A7 for life. I feel it and I love you for it. All right, guys, parting shots. Chris, what do you got? Well, uh, I will say this because I, I haven't been, well, <clears throat> let me back up a little bit. Coach, thank you very much. I got to give you your flowers too because I appreciate you, respect you for what you've done with the uh, pit bosses. So I got to thank you for being on. It was a great pleasure talking with you. Thank you very much for that. Um, Parting shots this weekend, probably one of the best um, lineups that we've had. And when I say that, as far as teams wanting to make the playoffs, if there's ever been a time for you to come out and watch A7FL, this weekend is it. Bring your butts out. Come and take a look. Watch us on TV. Whatever you got to do, make sure that you're watching these games because these guys will be fighting for their places. Trust me when I say that. Everybody on the everybody out there has got heart. Everybody's going to be playing for something. These games are meaningful. Get ready. Get your popcorn ready. All right, Coach, how about you? Any parting uh, shots or wisdom or things you'd like to say? Well, I just I just like to say, you know, again, this this has been this has been wonderful. You know, doing this, uh, we're working with A seven. You know, I I wish everybody you know, going into this weekend safe, you know, I would like to see everybody walk off the field injury free. You know, that that's most important. That's beautiful coach. Uh, I, 
I want to echo coach's sentiments. I want everyone to be safe always. I, I wish there was a way we could guarantee safety, but it is part of the game. And these hard hitting, hard fighting men are what we're out there to see. These gladiators put on a show for us all, and we appreciate them for it and hope that they can stay injury free in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Uh, I am and echoing Chris's sentiment the games this weekend are going to be fire the <laughs> we got the a battle for the number one seed one team undefeated well they got proven a point we got the insomniacs who've yet to win a game against the ott formed by a former player from the insomniacs and ott needing to make sure they win to stay in the playoffs because if not they could lose their spot and then pit bosses in the gold Pit bosses coming off of having lost two games in a row, needing to win to make sure they get in the playoffs. The and if the gold win, they get in the playoffs. This is damn near a playoff game for the last game. I, <laughs> this is like you know NFL level excitement for me for this stuff, man. I'm I'm so I mean, excited for Sunday. I think I think part of Can't my wait. parting shot is that if we could have dreamed this up in any way, shape, or form to happen any other way. I don't think we could have dreamed it up any better. Yeah, the only other dream I would have is we had two more teams in, and one of them being the right. force. I, I, I think right. that would have been so much fun, but it's created so much additional intrigue for the spring. I Now that I'm looking back, I'm like, hmm, was that a better idea for me? Uh, yeah, I think maybe it was. So uh, I'm excited. So, yeah, all right, works. Casey, what you got? And take us out. And Coach Bartley, thank you for being on the show tonight. Appreciate you, as always. I enjoy watching what you do with the pit bosses. I'm enjoying seeing where you're going to be taking the links, and there's more to come with that. Me and you actually have something we're doing live on my YouTube channel Sunday after we get done with the games, um, 6 p.m., 7 p.m.-ish, something like that, uh, on my YouTube channel, a live show. We're going to talk links and Nevada Warriors. So got that going on too so that does it for this show thank you Derek thank you Chris thank you Anthony Bartley as always for being on the show with me and until next time guys we will see you on the other side of the ball